you're members of God's family. I was staying at a hotel in Tampa, Florida, and as I passed by the Grand Ballroom, I noticed uh, what to me was a little bit odd. There was a whole crowd of people, and in one corner I saw some women who were dressed in their evening gowns, if you will, very formal dress, expensive jewelry, and they were talking with some ladies in their blue jeans and tank tops. And, and off in the corner there was a man It looked like he had rented a tuxedo for the event. He was really nattily dressed, very nicely dressed, talking to a man with a very scruffy beard and a leather Harley Davidson jacket on, leather pants, high boots. And I thought, what? And I found out it was a convention of the NBA, the National Buick Association. All these people had come together because they had a love for Buicks and especially for antique Buicks and old cars. And these people who otherwise probably never would have gotten together, never even met, never walked in the same circle, never had an interest really of meeting each other or even talking to each other were brought together by this one thing, their love for old cars. I look out today, and I don't know all of you that well. I know some of you, but not all of you. And from different walks of life, some young, some old, different interests, I'm sure, different hobbies. People who probably, for the most part, would never even be looking for each other or talking to each other, socializing together or whatever, except that there's one thing that brings you together. And that's our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now this morning in our Word of God, uh, the Apostle John, Jesus' disciple, talks about those two fellowships that we've already talked about, that we've mentioned, but God blazon, uh, emblazoned them on our minds and on our hearts because we often don't think of our fellowship with that invisible one, uh, with our Lord Jesus. We don't necessarily talk in terms of fellowship with him or his father, and we aren't always all that keenly aware that we, there is a fellowship, a, a tie that binds us together. But John says we are doubly blessed to have both of those fellowships. Now John, in our Word of God this morning, talks about the many things that we have seen and heard. He saw Jesus in all his glory on the Mount of Transfiguration. Remember when there on the Mount, Jesus' face shined like the sun, his garments became white as light. And then he heard God the Father say, this is my son. John knew who Jesus was. He saw Jesus in all his glory in the bedroom of a little dead girl, Jairus' daughter, and saw Jesus take her by the hand and say, little girl, wake up, get up. He saw Jesus' glory when Jesus walked on the water, when Jesus took a couple of loaves of bread and some small fish and fed a crowd of 5,000. But he saw Jesus' real glory, his love, his compassion on the cross of Calvary, on a on a hill called Golgotha, the hill of the skull. 
He saw the glory of Jesus' love when Jesus prayed for those who had crucified him. Father, forgive them. They do not know what they are doing. When he said to a dying thief, today you will be with me in paradise. When he looked down, he saw John there and his mother. And he said, woman, here is your son. And son, here is your mother. Take care of each other. Okay, here's something right there. Take care. He saw the, the beauty, the glory of Jesus, love, mercy, and compassion. He heard Jesus say, it is finished. That work of salvation, the work that I've come to do, it, it's done. It's, it's complete. You don't have to do anything yourself. I've done it all for you. His hands touched a risen Savior, a living Jesus. And his ears heard Jesus as Jesus for 40 days after that, before his ascension into heaven, 40 days between his resurrection and his ascension, taught the disciples what all this meant, his suffering, his death, and his resurrection. And John came to understand that indeed his sins were truly forgiven. And that makes me remember too that John knew his sin, right? John knew his sin. Do you remember the nickname that uh, was given to, to John and his brother James? They were called the Sons of Thunder because of their fiery, fiery tempers. Sons, and, and even though I imagine John probably just laughed it off when somebody would say, Hey, Thunder Boy, he knew in his heart, in his conscience, that wasn't all that good. And even though he knew his sin, he still argued with the rest of the disciples over who of them was the greatest in the kingdom of God. And then he was red-faced embarrassed when Jesus said, the greatest among you is the one who is the least. It's the one who serves. And John remembered that night when he, Jesus went and took him and the other disciples out to a garden called Gethsemane. And he said to John, stay here. Stay here, watch with me, wait with me while I go and pray. And twice John fell asleep. And that night when Judas betrayed Jesus and Peter denied him three times, John ran away. John deserted Jesus. John knew his sin. But he also saw and he heard and he touched his Savior. You know, John gave himself an, another nickname. And I think you've heard it before time and time again. Thunderboy called himself the disciple whom Jesus loved. It's interesting because that's in the Gospel of John. Matthew doesn't call him that. Mark doesn't call him that. Luke doesn't call him that. Only John refers to himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved. And he wasn't bragging. He wasn't saying, I'm loved more than all the rest of these guys. No. What was he doing? Just confessing his faith, right? Just confessing his faith, that I'm the disciple whom, whom Jesus loved. The one for whom Jesus came and lived a holy life and suffered a painful death. So that wall of sin that's between me and a holy God would be removed. So I wouldn't spend an eternity in hell. Because I am the disciple whom Jesus loved. I, through Jesus, have fellowship with God the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. 
just think with me a moment. You and I have, we've seen, we've heard the same things that John's eyes and ears saw and heard, haven't we? We've heard God speak to you and me with authority, and we confess in me that is in my sinful nature, there is no good thing. We know our sins. The good I want to do, I don't do. The evil that I don't want to do, that I find myself doing. But we've also seen the nails in Jesus' hands and feet, the crown of thorns on his head, the wound in his side. We've also heard him cry out in three hours of darkness, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? As he took upon himself not only our sin, but that wall of separation, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? As he suffers there the punishment, the atonement for our sins. So that we, what did Paul say, we might be reconciled to God. We hear Jesus say, it is finished. We hear Jesus and we see Jesus die the death that you and I, the kind of death that you and I will be privileged to die. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. We've seen the empty tomb and we've heard Jesus say, because I live, you also will live. I am the resurrection and life. Whoever believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Many of you were baptized in infants, as infants, and some at a very young age. And our eyes don't remember seeing, and our ears don't remember hearing, seeing the person, hearing the dripping of the water. But our hearts have heard the voice of our God say, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, you are my own dear child. When we come to sac the sacrament of the altar, the Lord's Supper, here, the body and blood, the bread and wine, touch our lips, and we hear Jesus say to us, this is my body and blood given and poured out for you for the forgiveness of, of all of your sins. And which of us can't say? Every one of us can. I am the disciple whom Jesus loved. And because Jesus loved me, I have fellowship with God the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. There was a lady, uh, actually she just got out of college, moved to Atlanta, found a job. She was a member of our congregation for about six, seven months. Christmas time came around and, well, you know what, Christmas time is a big family time and people are traveling all over the country. And I asked her, uh, Will you be going, quotation marks, home uh, to be with mom and dad and your family this Christmas? She said, no, Pastor, I, you know I just got here, and so I'm low on the totem pole. I get to work over the holidays. So I'll see you Christmas Eve. I'll be staying here in Atlanta. And I said, oh, I'm sorry that you can't be with your family this Christmas. And, and she said, oh, Pastor, that's okay. This is my family. She said, motioning to the congregation, that was all, they were all exiting the church, shaking hands with the pastor at that time. Yeah, it's okay, pastor, this is my family. Wow. 
brothers and sisters in Christ. We might say even, what's that term, blood relatives? I think that's a great term. Blood relatives, through the blood of Jesus Christ, united with one another. We worship one God, we worship together, we confess our faith together, and we pray together, our Father in heaven. We even have a family business. That family business is sharing the love of Jesus with everyone else. Now, the Apostle Paul writes in Ephesians, and just, just to sh show the unity and the closeness that we enjoy as a, a family in Christ, just reading from Ephesians chapter 4. Paul says, Be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love. Sounds like a family. Make every effort to keep the peace and the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. We are all children of one heavenly Father. We are all heirs of eternal life. We all have our mansion in heaven. And when one part of the body suffers, the other parts suffer with it. Just another story. You get old and, you know, like myself, you have a whole bunch of stories to share. But how beautiful to see the grace of God at work. Precious memories. We had a lady in our congregation. She had four children. And in her early 40s, 42, I think, Debbie was stricken with Lou Gehrig's disease. Youngest at the time was four years old. And over the course of the next two years, the disease took its toll. She eventually ended up in a wheelchair. She ended up riding on her Etch-a-Sketch, rather. She couldn't speak anymore as all her muscles deteriorated. Her husband ended up in the end, you know, getting her, picking her up out of the truck, putting her in the wheelchair, wheeling her into church. And she was brought in. She took Lord's Supper. I remember doing that, administering that to her through a feeding tube rather than orally. But she ate and she drank through a feeding tube. So, but there was one lady in the congregation who saw the needs of the family. All of us did, but there was one who was able to, uh, a stay-at-home mom, if you will. And she would go over during the year and a half, the last year and a half, and she would cook for the family and she'd do the laundry and she'd do the dishes. And she would sit by Debbie and she would read to her from the Bible. And uh, Debbie especially liked the book of Psalms. And ministered to her in a very special way. Well, it came to pass that Debbie eventually went to be with her father in heaven. And Kim, this other lady, was sitting in the back of church one Sunday, several months after uh, Debbie had passed. And I noticed um, she was sitting there, everybody was leaving, and she just sat there with tears running down her cheeks. I said, oh. So I went to her and said, is something bothering you, something bad? And she, in typical manner, would say, no, I'm just fine. I said, well, that's why you're crying like that. Okay, good, okay, I'm just fine. And 
Then she said, well, here. And the story goes that um, about six months before when Bob and Debbie, his wife Debbie, Bob took Debbie up to say goodbye to her family. They went to her parental home, say goodbye to mom and dad. She knew she'd be in heaven soon and she wanted to say goodbye to her brothers and sisters and her nieces and nephews, etc., etc. They went to a Lutheran bookstore and there she was able to point to a gift that she indicated she wanted Bob to give to her friend Kim after she had passed away. And so Bob brought it on that particular Sunday. He remembered, oh yeah, I got this gift I have to give to Kim. So he brought it all nice and neatly wrapped in a paper bag and uh, gave it to Kim. And so it was after the service, she said, here. And I got off and it, it wasn't much. It was just a, a board, you know, it had little flowers, flowery decorations, and then the words there on, on it, the words. And the words were, in my father's house are many rooms. I hope yours is next to mine. You hear that? I hope yours is next to mine. The power of Christ's love, the unity, the family bond, so that we rejoice with one another when we rejoice and we weep with one another when we weep, that we experience the truth that a burden shared is only half the burden and that a joy shared is twice the joy. That's the fellowship God establishes between brothers and sisters in Christ. That's the fellowship with what she wants to bless you today and in the days that are ahead. And God bless your fellowship with each other even as you continue in the family business, personally and individually, sharing with others the love of Jesus. You know, John writes at the very end, he says, we write this to make our joy complete. What do you mean by that? He says, we're writing this so that you have fellowship. Then fellowship with God, fellowship with us. We write this to make our joy complete. There's nothing more joyful for the Christian to see others drawn into the family of Christ. We write this so we can proclaim to you, so that our joy can be complete, so we can see God draw you into his family. And God bless your family businesses you share, and you have that joy of seeing others have fellowship with you and with God the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.